0: You are listening to Cosmos, written by Jeff Carrera, read by the author. Chapter 8 Freedom? I blurted out. What the hell are you doing here? Innocence told me to come. She told me to give my phone to her so she would stay put until you arrived. How are you doing, sweetie? Long time no see. You're still cute as ever. Freedom was an African-American woman. She was one of the three women I had met with Innocence three years ago and hadn't seen since. She was strikingly lovely with long black hair. She had a jacket on, but underneath it, I could see the same blue jumpsuit she had been wearing the last time I saw her. It had a light white print of clouds and flying cherubs all over it. It was adorable, and it still looked brand new. She had a big, broad smile. I couldn't tell if she was happy to see me or thrilled by the look of shock on my face. She was clearly more prepared for this encounter than I was. You just show up out of nowhere like this, and you think we're going to have a normal conversation? Am I the only one who remembers that we were supposed to get together a long time ago? It's been three years. Have you been in Philly all this time? Why didn't you contact me? Even in my rage, I was present enough to realize that the anger I was feeling had been building up for the past three years, and wasn't really about freedom showing up out of the blue. It was really about no one contacting me for all that time. You know Innocence told us not to contact each other? I live on the other side of the city, so I didn't imagine we were likely to bump into each other. Have you been in touch with Innocence before? No. This morning was the first contact she's had with me. She said it was important. Knowing that Innocence hadn't contacted Freedom until today calmed me down. At least I wasn't being left out of something. Look, I can't stay, sweetie. Innocence was very clear that once you arrived, I should go. Then she looked at me with a mischievous grin and said, I've missed you, though. Wish we had just a little time together. She winked at me and licked her lips sensuously. Oh, and Innocence told me to tell you not to let Destiny out of your sight again. And she also said that you should teach her about Cosmic Consciousness and get her off that app. She emphasized that it was critical that you free Destiny from her fascination with eternity. Then Freedom reached her hand out toward Destiny. Can I have my phone back, please? Destiny slowly handed Freedom the phone. And with her phone in hand, Freedom turned and started to walk away. Hey, I shouted. What about my money? Freedom looked back over her shoulder and blew me a kiss. She turned and kept walking without saying another word. I looked over at Destiny and saw a surprised look on her face. You know that woman? She asked. That's Freedom. She was one of the women I met when Innocence was here before. What's going on? how do they know me? I honestly have no idea. But let's get back to my place. As we walked home, my mind raced through memories of everything that had happened since I met Destiny. Somehow, all this time, I had been expecting that when Innocence reconnected with us, I would get a simple phone call saying she was going to start a retreat and telling me when and where to show up. Now that I was thinking about it, the incongruence between that assumption and all my previous experience with innocence was obvious. Of course, when she got back in touch, it was going to be in some bizarre and mysterious way. Why did I ever think anything else? Once we'd gotten a few blocks away, I looked over at Destiny and noticed that she was looking behind me as she walked. I realized she was staring at Cosmos again. He was, as always, right behind me. At least I still have him, she said, noticing that I was looking at her. I'm not sure becoming mesmerized by Cosmos is what innocence meant by getting you off the app. I know, she said without a fight. But it's a step in the right direction, I think. Yeah, maybe. And maybe it was. Staring into my cosmic reflection was probably better than staring into the manufactured one in the app. Of course... I didn't know what either of them were. What I knew was that on a retreat I had expanded to the size of the universe and I saw that my true being, my real body, was the universe itself. I was not a thing in the universe. I was the universe. It was as if my eyes had thought of themselves as a person with vision and then one day realized that they were part of my whole body or like my mouth imagining that it was intelligent because of the words that were coming out of it only to realize that the words were coming from me, and not it. I had thought I was a living thing, but then I saw that I was a part of a much larger living thing. After that experience, I realized that my human form was one expression of an infinite universe, one form that the vast wisdom and intelligence of existence could take. I was not intelligent. Any intelligence that I experienced was coming from the universe itself. It was a few years after I expanded to the size of the cosmos that I discovered Richard Maurice Bucky's classic book on cosmic consciousness. Reading that book helped me understand what I had experienced. It became more and more obvious that any qualities of consciousness, love, or compassion that I held were not originating in me. They were qualities of the universe itself, qualities that flowed into me from the ultimate source of life. It was also obvious that that I habitually relate to myself as the organism that was born into my physical body and lives during this earthly lifetime. But it is equally true that I am this universe. The dawning of cosmic consciousness had started a contemplation about my birth. When did I appear in the universe? Certainly it couldn't have been on my birthday. There was nothing so special, so drastically novel, about being removed from my mother's belly that could possibly constitute my birth into existence. The moment when I was brought into the open air of the world and the cutting of the cord that had made me part of my mother's body constituted the physical independence of my body. But the release of my body from its dependence on my mother's wasn't the beginning of me. I had certainly existed the moment before that. Perhaps I came into existence at the moment of conception, when my father's sperm cell penetrated my mother's egg. But that didn't make sense. When exactly would my birth happen in that process? Was it the moment when the membrane of the egg broke? Or was it some later moment? And what exactly happened in that moment that would constitute the start of my existence? The more I thought about it, the more I was certain that I had been here all along, because I was not a human, at least not in the sense that I was limited to this one body. I was a universal being. I was born when the universe was born. I was here long before my human body, and I would be here long after it was gone. I had no doubt about this. I was an immortal being. I was a cosmic being. Cosmos, my mysterious cosmic companion, and what I now see as an externalized representation of my cosmic self, had appeared during the time that I first met Innocence appearing just in time to save the day. He spoke at that time, but he hasn't spoken a word since. He just follows me. He sits when I sit and walks behind me wherever I go. For the first few months, I couldn't stop thinking about him. I was forever wondering about what he was and why he was following me. I tried repeatedly to talk to him to elicit some response, but he never said anything. Innocence was gone, and freedom and all the rest of them too. I had no one to ask, no one to help me understand. Cosmos never did anything to make me feel that he would ever harm me. And since no one except me could see him, I slowly forgot about him. That was, until destiny came into my life and she could see him. So now the mystery of Cosmos had come roaring back into my mind. I had become comfortable with the idea that he was just some kind of projection of my experience of cosmic consciousness and didn't have any existence independent from me. That was all different now. If destiny could see him, then he was real, independent of me. I couldn't write him off as a projection of my mind so easily anymore. I was going to need to come to terms with him in some way. And deep in my heart, I knew that he was somehow central to whatever had brought destiny into my life and had finally brought innocence back. As destiny and I walked up to my front door, she stopped and looked at me. I'm sorry, was all she said, nothing more. Just I'm sorry. At least those were the last words I heard before a dull thud engulfed my mind in darkness and the stone steps moved rapidly toward my face.